Hey everyone, Adrian here from the Sound of a Crowd podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And in this episode, I'm joined again by my good friend, Kofi M.A. And we pick up where we left off in season one in our discussion about preserving black and African culture. Now, I know a lot of you guys enjoy this one. So we brought the conversation back. Um, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please do leave us a review it does help us uh to get this content out there even more and if you're listening on youtube please like subscribe and share this is audio only this episode however we do plan to release some video clips over youtube and social media very soon so please do look out for that and uh yeah um the sound quality isn't as top quality because we recorded this in in a in a home instead of a, a studio so please do be a bit mindful of the slight differences in sound quality other than that um enjoy this one and i'll catch you on the other side thank you cheers Hey guys, uh, once again, welcome to the Sound of a Cloud podcast. You guys already know this is the show where we chat with uh, colourful creatives and entrepreneurs from Guardian Heritage or backgrounds. You guys remember Kofi from season one, who brought you that fire episode, (laughs) Preserving African of That Culture. Uh, It's still one of our favourite people talk about it, man. Yeah, that's interesting to me. People talk about the episode, man. Yeah, to be honest, I mean... yeah. You know, we're just we're just speaking on our, on our experiences yeah. and from our perspective, really. Um, yeah. So obviously, it's encouraging to hear that people um, are tuning in and, and are interested in our mm. perspective on things because essentially that's really what it is. But um, yeah, man, you know how to show love with the whole link, like, subscribe, yeah. and all of that stuff. So continue doing that. Continue sharing. Um, if you don't share, I will. So it is what it is. We keep moving. Where to begin, really? I think yeah. on the topic of culture, um, yeah. as we s- spoken on this previously, um, culture is something that always evolves and kind of sometimes it molds, it picks up, you know, traces from other cultures. And I feel you have to really put into context what brings about culture. A lot of people's cultures, if you go deep enough historically, yeah. has a blend of other people's cultures. So let's just say... Um, you know you can't look past colonialism for example you can't look past prehistoric empires either Um, you know if the ruling power took over a Mm -hmm. country Mm -hmm. um, then the indigenous people in that country would have had a culture Mm -hmm. but as the generations go by um, through cultural mixing and you know interracial marriages etc that culture is going to pick up traces of other other countries cultures that's true yeah therefore you can make the argument. And this is where the whole, I know guys, we're getting a bit deep here, but let's just keep it real as, as it is. Um, this is where the whole kind of Aryan debate kind of stems from. So um, when I say Aryan, you know, the Nazi um, era, um, Hitler wanted what he termed the Aryan race, you know, the blonde, blue eyes. Um, don't come for me if my history is not incredibly articulate enough for you. But... Es- essentially, it was a, in quotation marks, a superior race is what he was um, going after. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's patriotism. I don't know how you got to hit them, but it's okay. I, it's, <laughs> the thing is... I took it. It all links. It all links in terms of <laughs> the term culture and how far do you want to take it. Now, obviously, Hitler is an extreme, extreme but it's the first thought that came to my mind in terms of mechanically... Um, trying to preserve or create a culture. Um, the reason why I use him as an example is because he was actually mechanically trying to forge a culture, like 
I only want this certain race to exist. Mm. So that means purging out other cultures and purging out anyone that doesn't look like yourself, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, When I say natural cultural change, we're looking at diaspora, people moving in, immigration, interracial links and interracial cultural mixing. Mm -hmm. That in itself forms a new culture. That's why, for example, if we look at, you know, we just saw the England game, 10-0 against San Marino. Um, <laughs> it was basically like, like watching an, ad- an advert, to be honest. It was just background. I don't know how football. you managed to get that in there, but I tell you, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but like, this is what I'm saying, everything links. You look at the England national team now. Um, Those are black people in the... In if you look, the if you look at the last... I don't even want to say 10 years. Let's even go back like five or, or seven years even. Mm. To think you would hear a name Bukayo Saka, like it's as Nigerian as they come, really. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> like that is your one of your first team England players. Yeah. So, but this current crop of England players would identify themselves as English. So then that sparked sparked the debate of what actually is English? Is English mm. um, being white, being Anglo-Saxon? And how far do you take back English? Do you take it back all the way to the nomadic period? Do you take it to the pre-Roman Empire period? Do you take it to um, the Celtic era? Like, how far do you go back with, it's with, history with, with culture? <laughs> it, but the thing is, this is what we're talking about, yeah, right? So if we're, we're yeah. going to say culture and but preservation... But then it's British, you understand? So Like, culture's morphing all the time. So I think, yeah. to go back to your question and not turn this into a... Um, a history channel um mm-hmm. yeah. you know episode i think there is nothing wrong with wanting to be in the comfort of your own culture so mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to date for example within your own yeah. um culture yeah and and just just to throw in a little caveat as well again what do we mean by culture like is culture demographic related yeah like are we talking skin complexion here are we talking um culture as in class because remember it's all interlinked mm-hmm. um sometimes class comes into the equation as well mm-hmm. um you know because you can be a black articulate individual that lives in a very upper nonchalance of life or upper middle class life and you know be in and around you know caucasian and maybe asian counterparts you're also subscribing to that upper middle class um, lifestyle they mm-hmm. speak a certain way um, go to certain schools certain environments it's true and we other communities might turn them to be bougie to be in quotation marks why are you acting white etc it's true and even that it's term true. why are you acting white or acting a certain demographic yeah it's not an accurate term because with even every country, white, black, or Asian, or brown, or whichever, yeah, yeah, has social classes. So, is education only linked with a certain skin tone? Is talking well only linked with a certain skin tone? Mm. And so, when we say like, I don't want to be associated with, for example, the black community because they talk like you're a wild when you say anything cool, like that's typecasting. That's you know again. These are choices. These, these things don't make up black because if I go to Ghana, we're not speaking like this. <laughs> so what do we mean by when we say like this is sounding black? You know, so cult, again, like the diaspora, those of us and a lot of our slang, especially if you look at London slang, comes from um, 
again prehistoric. Uh, uh, it's a trail of like broken English, a trail, a trail of patois, a trail of Creole, a trail of, you know, you name the dialect. Um, West Indian lingo has made its way through to to, to British slang like Wagwan, etc., and all of that kind of stuff. So we are in a new culture. Culture, you can define it how you want to define it. But yeah, I don't want to go in too long. <laughs> but we, I think you have to define what it is you mean by culture and what aspects of culture are you actually trying to, to preserve. Mm. Um, and I know it sounds deeper than what, what, what it is on the surface, but when yeah. you break it down, what are you saying when you say culture? And I think that's just a good starting place to at least think about. Hey man, I'm sure everyone could take something valuable from that. Um, it's quite a very interesting point that you made. Like, you know, um, a black person can be raised at this part of, of England and, you know, become posh. Another could become quite street. Another one could be quite African, if, especially if they've mm. migrated from a, maybe not, not a very young age and they've come over to, to, you know, to England, maybe like from Ghana, maybe from the age of 10 or something like that. Yeah. They're still going to have that, um, that culture with them a strong kind of, you know, Ghanaian culture within them, even though they're in England. Yeah. And, you know, so I guess it's also dependent, also, I think age is also a factor as well, whether or not they're going to keep hold of that Ghanaian culture that they had with, as part of their upraising and then adopt, adapt or adopt a bit of the British one as well. Um, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And, so, yeah. like I said, class is a really important element because if you look at the whole... Let's just say, for example, the whole street culture, right? Mm. Street culture has, has crossed over and made itself accessible to those who aren't even in um, social climates where street culture generally is birthed from. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at most countries where gangs really thrive, obviously you've got um, white-collar crime as well. Yeah. But if you look at you know the street-level, sort of violent street-level crime, a lot of it... <clears throat> is linked to social economic deprivation and opportunities to get money in a quick way, etc. Um, a lot of it is, you know, poverty driven. But mm. then also we can you can use the same argument and say there is, you know, incredible levels of or incredible depth of poverty in other countries. Mm. Um, and it's not always the case that there is violent or um, you know, a degree of crime in in, in those in those regions. Mm. Uh, I remember hearing Fifty Cent in an interview say one time that you know a lot of the time in American street culture we say y'all oh, like from the hood, you mm. know, like, we broke out here like <laughs> it's, it's 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 kill it's kill or be killed, or be killed or be and we're just trying to survive, you know. Yeah. Um, and he said he went he went to I don't know if it was Africa he, he said he went to but he said there is certain poverty that he's come across that is worse than a ghettos in America. Mm. And they're not out here killing each other like dogs. And he's basically saying that to a degree, yeah, poverty or, or socioeconomic um, environment does have a huge part to play. 100%. In street culture or, 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 or gang violence. But yeah, it's, true, yeah. it's not a given that where there was destitute, there was there was always crime, um, but it's the probability of crime is higher. So it's not always a given. Now, so if we're going on a tangent, but yeah. um, just to bring it back, mm-hmm. street culture has made itself 
accessible to a middle class teenager who likes to listen to music where you know it was birthed from those environments you know so if you listen to a rapper who was talking about being in a gang and coming from the blocks and you know again kill or be killed and <laughs> selling drugs and whatever it is that's not going to be a lot of people's worlds in an affluent nation right yeah yet they are reciting lyrics and actually enjoying the vibe and actually want to assimilate that culture without being born in that environment. Mm. So then you have people saying, oh, like, why are you trying to behave street when you're not street? Or why are you trying to behave X, Y, Z? You don't know about poverty. You don't know about hustle. You don't know about... And this is this is what we're talking about when it comes to culture. Mm-hmm. People are like... How far do we take this? Is culture exclusive? Does mm. it only belong to those who have experienced it? Mm. Or can culture be passed on? Can culture be um, morphed? Can it be accessible um, to whoever wants to subscribe to that culture? It's quite interesting you um, said that. So this is what, when mm. we say the word culture and all of yeah. this kind of stuff, these are the things that start to flare up from that conversation like how far do you take culture um and then the problem is again with the street culture is mm-hmm. when you start linking culture to demographics and race this is when things get really problematic because a lot of immigration that happens in affluent um countries mm-hmm. so you know we're black immigrants in in the uk yeah um we didn't grow up in, in the blocks and we, we we thank God for it, you know. Um there's nothing in our in our in our in our hands that like we didn't decide which womb we we're gonna be born in. Mm. We came out of our mother's womb, not by not by choice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? A lot of us weren't here by choice. We were we were brought into this world and then you realise that your social standing is a certain position. So when we, when we talk about culture and all of these things, you know, like being black does not mean being poor. Being black does not mean being a street. Being black does not mean saying, yo, what's good, fam? Are you cool? Like, mm. these are choices. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you can have a sibling that chooses to feel comfortable in that culture. That's his choice. You can have someone who's never lived, lived a street life wanting to feel like he wants to affiliate or feel like he has a belonging in that type of culture because he likes the music or he likes the swag. Yeah. Um and then you can and and then you can have which brings us on to the topic of Ghana obviously. Mm-hmm. If you you know how far do you preserve the Ghanaian culture? How how proud do you want to do you want to be in, in, in representing Ghana, etc. Mm. I mean now obviously people are more kind of proud of proud of it now, isn't it? Whereas in the past we're a bit more shy, weren't we? Oh yeah, for sure. So, at hundred percent. Yeah, sure. obviously now everyone is just now yeah really about it. Now you've it's quite interesting because now you, you went from people who um, were hiding the African names. Now, of course, they're you know they're, you know yeah they're pulling it out there as much as possible. Okay. I'm not gonna lie, I think my parents were on the wave from early. Yeah. Like, um, I had I had an English name and that was just quickly. My mum was like proper keen for, for my name to be as Ghanaian as it can be. Can be yeah. Um, 
And obviously when you're young, you're like, why can't you just let me have a, have a John or have a whatever, do you know what I mean? And that brings us to the end of today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got some good value from today's episode and took something away. Now, if you enjoyed my conversation with Kofi and you would like to have the key references from today's episode and you like to um, connect with Kofi, uh, please head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash Kofi M-A. That's K-O-F-I-M-A. Or visit our website, thesoundofacrowd.com and hit the show notes button on the header menu on the website um if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify please do leave us a review it really helps to support the show and get the episode out there a bit more also if you're listening or watching on youtube please like subscribe and share and leave us a comment it really does help to inform us what you think about this content other than that, we will be back again next week with another episode of the Sound of a Crowd podcast where we will continue on with season three. We'll be back in fully fledged video. So make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube as well. Just search for the Sound of a Crowd and you'll be able to find us there. Um, if you if you look out for us on social media and YouTube, we will be releasing some video clips from this episode very soon. So please keep your eyes peeled out. All right. Um, other than that, I hope you guys enjoy this one and we will be back soon again. Um, thank you again for tuning in. Feel free to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, just search for The Sound of Accra and you will find us there. I've been Adrian Daniels. And if this is your first time listening, uh, The Sound of Accra podcast is the show where we chat with colorful creatives and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian heritage or interest. Thank you so much. Cheers.